0: some of our desserts we bought out and there's a surprise element in it and like I can see the customer enjoying it and they're sharing their plate to other people for them to try and you know it just brings me so much joy and happiness to see
1: other people enjoy my food. I am honestly in awe of any young person who opens their own bricks and mortar business. I am in awe of the number of decisions that have to be made, the enormous commitment of time, of money, And just the, I don't know, is terror too strong a word? (laughs) It's like the the bravery of putting yourself out there in in a physical space and showing who you are on a plate. But Alicia Kosicki has done all these things at Sucre, her wine and dessert bar in Essendon in Melbourne. It's a thrill to have her on the show. Alicia, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hi, thank you so much for having me. That's such an amazing introduction. and It's honestly such an honour to
0: be here to talk with you today.
1: Thanks, mate. Well, it's great to have you on the show. Um, What do you want people to see, feel and experience when they come to Sucre? I guess for me, opening my own dessert bar was to be
0: able to share my knowledge and experience that I have learnt over the years. Um, And for me, food is an experience and it tells a story and every dish that I create there's a bit of a story behind it so I want people to be able to enjoy not only the food but the atmosphere
1: and I guess explore the food industry and enjoy it as much as I do. I love that well give us an example I mean what is a dish that you'd love to highlight and a story behind it that comes through? Um, Well the
0: dish that's very popular at the moment is the apple to my eye so for this the actual dish itself replicates uh, the look of an apple so it looks like a green apple looks very much so real and what it actually is is a brown butter mousse and it's got an apple compote on the inside and it's been glazed with the green color glaze and it has the chocolate edible stick so it very much looks though it's real and for me it's I guess the deception that people have when they're looking at it because they look as though that it's real they go they try it I had people calling my work phone asking if it was actually a real apple or not so I guess it's getting people talking getting people to understand that you can make anything look real and actually make it you know enjoyable and experience for guests
1: yeah, well, I suppose, you know, the great desserts often have an element of surprise. Uh, it is so, such a creative pursuit and there's the ability to create an illusion. And then there's that sense of wonder, almost childlike wonder when you cut into something that looks like an apple and inside there are all these, you know, sweet layers. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is an experience. One thing that I love about your menu is that you bring your Turkish heritage into it. Can you talk about that side of it and perhaps some of the savoury dishes? Yeah. So
0: for me, having, um, coming from a Turkish background, I had to, I guess, have a bit of an influence in that as well. So I do have, um, a breakfast menu that I, um, run every week and I have some Turkish dishes on there to bring out my heritage. Cause growing up I'd cook with my grandmother a lot. And I guess that's where my passion for food initially came from. Um, So we do the Turkish menemen, which is also a very popular dish. We do the sucuk and eggs and I have a Turkish um, dessert on there as well. So we do the Turkish künefe, which is a hot dessert and it's a bit of a twist because it's got a bit of savoury and sweet in it as well. Um, But for me growing up, food was very much a bringing the family together. Like our family dinners were always 20 people and above And I guess to see the happiness and the joy that food brings to my family, I wanted to be able to share that and to bring other families together and I guess be the topic of discussion. Tell us more about your grandmother. So, my grandmother um, was born in Turkey, had come to Australia after being married to my grandfather, and you know having five children she was always a very busy lady but food for her she would always cook and I guess every time you'd walk into her house she'd always have so many different things on the go and my love for desserts and sweets had come from her because you know she would always be baking different things and I'd always be interested and asking her questions and she'd always be willing to show me and that's where my love and just I guess when customers come to my restaurant and when my chefs or my waitresses come out and are explaining the dishes, the message of, you know, what exactly is on the dish is relayed to every customer. And that just shows the passion and the love that we all have for the food that we serve. So I just wanted to make sure that that same message was relayed as it was to me when I was younger.
1: Mm, So beautiful. You know, my first food writing job ever was in Turkey. Um, I I was a travel writer for Lonely Planet, a travel publisher, and they started doing guides to world cuisine. And one day my boss said, Danny, we need someone to go to Turkey to eat. And- I thought, hmm, I reckon I can do that. So honestly, if I think back on it, I was very underqualified to write a book about Turkish food. But what I did was travelled around the country, eating, talking to people, you know, really dove in, even learnt enough Turkish to chat about food. Uh, Don't ask me any now. Um, (laughs) But I really, I mean, I just fell in love with food writing that very first day in Istanbul where it was about, you know, just someone told me about this great guy that was making yoghurt and there was this amazing kebab down a laneway and it was just this, um, I was really often running with my food adventure and yeah, it really became addicted to food writing <laughs> in the very first hour that I was doing it. So yeah, and I, and I definitely um, can relate to what you're saying about your grandmother and just using food to bring people together and to connect, uh, but also the detail and pride that's in some of those dishes, very, I guess, seasonal and ingredient based, but just, um, yeah, such a such a sense of heritage and connection. Um, so yeah, I really feel that. Yeah, I mean, for me, growing up, we were always told that we always had
0: to eat everything my grandmother would bring us because, I guess, going to her house, you'd leave so full. Like Turkish people, and I'm, um, I guess, European people, um, will just like give and, give and give and give and give and give, and you would always like go there for one thing and leave with like 10 other things should always just feed us until yeah we needed to undo our buttons on our jeans or whatever it may be but yeah no I cherish the memories that I have with my grandmother because you know memories like those are ones to cherish and to pass on to future generations as well
1: yeah beautiful so Alicia I I really you know can feel this connection you had to food growing up. How did you turn it into a career? Um,
0: Well, for me, from cooking with my grandmother, I had started with this passion and I had always dreamed of becoming a pastry chef and then one day opening my own dessert and wine bar. So, finished my studies at high school, went on to studying at William Anglis. I did my certificate four in patisserie. From then, um, while studying, I was doing some work experience at Omnom Dessert Bar with Christy Tanya. Um, So I was there for a couple of months doing some work experience and was very fortunate enough to be able to get a job in the industry from there because it's very hard to be able to gain experience but with not much on your resume with regards to being in the actual kitchen. So I was very fortunate enough to be able to be part of her team Then from there, I wanted to go into the bakery patisserie side of things. So I got a job at Birch and Purchase Sweet Studio on Chapel Street with Darren. Um, Very much different to Omnom as Omnom was a restaurant and Birch and Purchase was a cake shop. So it's very different, um, I guess, industries within itself. And enjoyed my time there. We would do ghettos and cakes and chocolate figurines and so many different things that I'd learnt along the way. Then I had missed the rush and the push of service and challenges. So I was like to myself, I've always wanted to be challenged. And the best way to push myself was to apply for a two chef at restaurant. And I was very scared because of, I guess, the stigma. Behind working in restaurants like that. But I was 18 at the time. I was young and I was very, um, I guess, persistent and not wanting to leave any uh, stone unturned. So I was like applying for Viewdomonde, got the position, started off in what they called the middle room. And we would prepare all things for service, get everything ready. And then I guess I slowly worked myself up in, I guess, a hierarchy in the sense of starting off in the middle room, going to the souffle room where we'd make hundreds of souffles a day, making little bonbon chocolates and so many other different things for service. Then moving on to the pastry pass, um, which was such an experience within itself. Because for those who have dined at Budamont, it's such a an experience and it's very much so an open kitchen so customers see everything, can hear everything. I guess it's a bit of theatre behind it as well. Um, And for me, that was, I guess, the turning point in my career. I was pushed in so many different ways, being so young and I guess being the only female in the kitchen um, for such a long time there because it was very much so a masculine dominant kitchen being a French kitchen. And still till today, I will say that that was the best place I ever worked. I made friends that, you know, I still keep in touch with from all over the world. And it's funny that food brings people together and, you know, I guess the aspect of making friends and, you know, feeding people, it's still there throughout, you know, the actual professional side of things. But the best place i ever worked at i would learned so much from there i went on to being the head pastry chef at manong estate which is a winery up in Mickleham. Um, i was making you know desserts for so many different outlets so they do receptions there for weddings they do the restaurant they do the cafe so many different things and then Unfortunately, COVID happened and I had become redundant. Um, And being in the hospitality industry, like many other industries, there wasn't much work for us out there. So I utilized that time to work on a business plan. And my dream was always to have my own dessert and wine bar. So I had utilized the time, really, you know, tried to write out a menu, get everything ready for when I had found the right venue. Um, I could then proceed and not have to waste time, I guess, in trying to figure out menus and costings and staffing and business names and so many other things that come into it. But figured all that out, then I had to wait until COVID had come and gone, started to look at venues, um, which was so hard because to find the right space, I guess, to bring your dreams come true and bring an idea to the table was so many different things you had to take into place, like parking you needed to take into, you know, foot traffic, public transport, um, I guess the scene at night time, if there's anything else similar in the area, um, the clientele of the area, like so many different things come into place when choosing an actual I guess space to work with. Um, but luckily for me, it didn't take me long to find the venue I'm at now. So 20 leak street is where I'm at and it was a restaurant prior, which is amazing. So I guess it had the foundation of what I needed anyway. It just needed a bit of, um, spruce happening to it. So luckily for me, I have a carpenter as a brother. So he had done the whole fit out, which saved me a lot of money, which was amazing. Um, I had done the whole fit out, done the design of everything. I had like a Pinterest board for so many years where I'd saved different ideas of looks of different things. So it was just bringing, I guess, what I'd like for the restaurant to have to life and working with my brother and my cousin who would do the floorboards. And, you know, because my brother was in the industry, he had the friends who were the electricians, the plumbers, so it saved me all money along the way, but yeah, found the right place, found the name Sucre, which means sugar in French. Um, and obviously being a pastry chef, it was very fitting um, to choose that name, but we had continued to go along, signed the lease, which was amazing. And then unfortunately, a couple of days after I had signed the lease, um, my younger brother had passed away. And at that time in my life, I felt like I had no, I felt lost for once. I had no idea what I was going to do. I guess being so career determined for all of my life, always working, always putting my career first. I just felt so lost in the sense that I have no idea what I'm going to do now. I've just signed a lease for five years. I've all of, I've put everything into this business, all of my savings, all of my, you know, time, everything into this business. And I just felt so lost, but For me, I knew that he would like me to continue this because he had known how much I'd wanted this literally for such a long time and he had come to see the place. He had loved it. So for me, I guess it's honouring his memory as well as pursuing my dreams. So it's been hard. Genuinely, it's been so hard to try and push on every day and, you know, I guess so many people – have this idea of what running your own business is like but I guess until you're in it and sometimes I'm like oh my gosh like you know I'm 26 I've got my own business I have you know all of these people depending on me sometimes it's so overwhelming and scary but for me you know I'm so blessed and lucky to have such a supportive family. I've got great staff. I've got such a great local community who support me, who come in regularly. Um, Yeah, I've just been very blessed in the sense that so many people have been so kind and supportive. Having, you know, William Anglis teachers come down regularly, having high school teachers come down regularly, like it's so, it's such a blessing, really. It's such a blessing.
1: Alicia, my goodness, um, what a, yeah, what a story. It's, um, yeah, so many twists and turns and it's incredible that you've yeah uh, gone on and completed and opened your business in the face of such an awful family tragedy. So you, your brother that's a carpenter, that's, that's, that's another brother, not the one that passed away.
0: That's correct, sorry, yeah. So I'm one of four. So I've got an older sister, Jasmine, me, Aidan, and then Corey, who was the younger brother, who'd passed away.
1: Yeah, it's just so awful. And I, I've, you've got a, a sort of memorial to Corey in the shop, haven't you? I do, I do. So his um, favourite
0: alcoholic beverage was a vodka Red Bull. So I've got a frame on the shelf um, hanging and I've got a vodka Grey Goose bottle and a Red Bull on there, which is, I guess, you know, Tribute to him. And sometimes when I'm having a horrible day or I'm feeling so overwhelmed and stressed, I just look up and I just know it's going to be okay. I've got an angel watching over me. I'm going to be okay. And just sometimes that, you know, looking at it just brings me so much emotion and, you know, I guess, strength to be able to continue sometimes.
1: Wow. It's a lot. I mean, did you find that, you know, different members of your family, responded really differently to his death
0: yeah 100 percent. for me um I guess having this business was such a positive in the sense that it had a, it was a distraction, and it was something that kept me going because without having this business and without you know my whole family being involved in it because like I said my brother did the fit out my parents were always there helping out. My sister was always helping me with the design. So it was a huge distraction for the whole family. And still, till today, you know, my parents will always pop by. Dad's always on the dishes helping me out, which is so kind. Mum's always coming through and seeing if I need anything. So it's such a whole family
1: affair in the sense that we're all there to help each other and support each other, which is amazing. Mm, Yeah. I mean, you seem so, you've been so focused on this ambition from such an early age. I'm really, I can just, I can just picture you with your Pinterest boards, like just dreaming, you know, creating this, and then you've made this dream real. It's really, it's really so incredible. And I mean, you know, you, you told your story so articulately. There was so much that you said. I mean, you had incredible mentors. Just thinking back to, I mean, obviously your William Anglis teachers, but Christy Tanya. she's been, I mean, she's been on this podcast. She's such an incredible talent and teacher. I was actually just saying to someone <laughs> the other day, she shared a recipe um, for a no churn ice cream, and I remember I made it and spilled some on the table. And I literally, this is so embarrassing to tell an actual pastry chef who's very clean and proper in the kitchen but i literally licked it off the table it was so delicious uh, <laughs> she's incredible darren purchase we had recently on the podcast also you know so creative so it's just you know you just kind of couldn't imagine trying to list off the skills that he's got and then that experience at Vue de i mean just picking picking up on that you said you know that that you were nervous about it because there was a stigma was that about like i guess the rigors of working in such a high profile restaurant is that what you mean by a stigma
0: Yeah, correct. And I think, you know, working in a two chef hat restaurant, there's an expectation of perfection of, you know, I guess being so young at the time and having to perform at such a high standard. I was so nervous. I was, you know, I guess worried that I wasn't you know, at that standard of where the food needed to be. But for me, it was a challenge. And I knew that if I worked hard and, you know, I showed up and I showed that, you know, th- this is what I want to do, this is at what level I want to perform, you know, they would see that. And they did. And, you know, for a long time, I was always working. Like when turning 18, everyone goes out, has the celebrations. I was always working. And, you know, looking back, missing family events, obviously being in the hospitality industry, our busiest periods are over the weekend. So missing family events over the years was so worth it to get to where I am today. And I guess for me, I'm so thankful to all my mentors because all of them have taught me something different which I've now implemented into my own restaurant and, you know, to see how some of them had started, not even in the industry, they'd started doing something completely different and then they've built themselves up to where they are now is, you know, so amazing. And I guess for me, I, you know, inspire to be something like that because if I could be something to be able to share
1: my knowledge to the future generation, you know, I guess I've done my job. Um, you you mentioned your business plan and you know all the thing, all the considerations you had to put into the location and and the, the setup, the menu. I mean, how did you know where to where to look with all of that stuff?
0: I guess initially you don't really know. Like, you know, I had never had anyone within the family who'd done their own business. Um, and I guess they don't really teach you that side of things in depth while studying. Um, you learn the base of, you know, opening your own business and I guess costings and stuff like that. But it was such a learning curve. I was learning so much every day and things that I wouldn't even think of, you know, researching and taking into account, I had to learn and I guess, you know, at times it was overwhelming because I was like, oh my goodness, like there's so much more to this than just opening a shop and, you know, having staff work for you. Like there was so much, but it was a journey. It was an experience. Would I do it again? A hundred percent. Yes. Um, it was now for me, looking back, I've learned things that I could do to make it a little bit more less stressful because going into it, I was like, oh my goodness, like they're showing me five different colors of floorboards. And I was like, how does anyone make a decision like right here, right now? Because when I stick to it, like that's it. And it was just so hard to be able to make a decision set in stone. But It was fantastic and I would 100% do it over again if I needed to. (laughs)
1: What, What are some things that you learned that other people who are thinking of starting a business might be able to benefit from?
0: I think at times I was very much, you know, doubting myself and my age and I guess, yes, I had the experience in the industry. I was still young. I was still, you know, Unsure of so many different things because I guess being so young, you doubt yourself. And in reflection, I was like, if anyone else can do it, why can't I? So I guess to be persistent and to not give up and to have belief in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, then how is anyone going to believe in you? And I guess for me, you know, hiring staff and me being dependent on them, you know, and vice versa, and you know, I've got to show up for them and I've got to be at this level because without that, they're not getting their income. And, you know, I needed to be, I needed to be that 26 year old business owner attitude. And I guess that was my turning point. And, you know, just, I know it's a lot and I know it takes out a lot in your personal life. Like it's so hard to be able to juggle a work-life balance, but You know, you work hard now to hopefully relax later on in life. Like, that's the goal, you know.
1: (laughs) Really? Can you imagine yourself relaxing? Because I feel like pastry chefs are always very, I don't know, busy brains, busy hands. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's
0: the goal. In reality, probably not. But like, you know, my days off, I'm always in the kitchen, you know. If I'm out at a restaurant, I'll have like, oh my goodness, an idea and I'll write it down and mum's like, what are you doing? Like, you're not at work, clock off. And I was like, no mum, like two seconds, I need to write this idea down or, you know, like sometimes before I even go to bed, I'm thinking about what I need to do the next day and I'm like in my notes writing down different ideas and I mean, you never really clock off. But, you know, I guess while I'm still young, while I'm still single, why not work hard to, I guess, you know, set the foundation for my life for later on in the future.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, beautiful. Um, What do you love about what you do? What do What do you love about owning your business? I think
0: for me to be able to be creative and to have an idea and then to be able to test it and bring it to life. And I guess, you know, working in the places that I worked at you know, I'd gained so much knowledge and so many different ideas and skills that I can now implement. And it's so nice to see customers react to desserts when they're placed in front of them and to see them enjoy it from the kitchen and see how happy they are. And it's a topic of discussion, like, you know, some of our desserts we bought out and there's a surprise element in it. And like, I can see the customer enjoying it and they're sharing their plate to other people for them to try. And, you know, it just brings me so much joy and happiness to see other people enjoy my food.
1: Wonderful, Alicia. I mean, a lot of people that have had, you know, a, a terrible shock and trauma in life like you have with the death of your brother, Corey, it really, I guess, helps them focus or they they find meaning somehow out of all this this sadness and devastation. I mean, is there any, I guess, lessons that you have been able to draw from this really sad thing in your life? Yeah, I think that nothing's guaranteed.
0: You know, we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what the future holds. So I guess living life for the moment and, you know, not taking anything for granted because for me family is – my life like i adore my family we are so close and to have to go through what my family went through was something that i would never wish upon anyone but if i'd learned anything was that to strive to work hard to enjoy the moment for what it is and to not worry about things later on down the track because it's not guaranteed nothing's guaranteed and you know, just to really enjoy life, that's something that I now live by because yeah, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and you don't want to live life having regrets of not doing something because of you being afraid or you being unsure.
1: Mm, yeah, really hard one lesson, but I think really, really wise words. Um, Alicia, next next time I, I come in, I know you've mentioned the the amazing green apple, but what else would you like me to try?
0: Um, I would love for you to try the cunefer.
1: Yes, I'm a bit obsessed with hot cheesy goodness when it's, especially with a bit of sweetness.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's so it's such an interesting dessert, and I guess a lot of my customers are unsure about it, and they order it and they leave so happy because they're like. How can it be a dessert but have like the salted mozzarella in the inside? Like how does that work? But I'd love for you to come down to try that. Um, And also at the moment, I've made so many different flavor macarons. We have a display cabinet with house-made sweets and pastries and we make our own ice cream and gelato. Um, But I've been experimenting with so many different flavor macarons at the moment.
1: So definitely be sending them to your table. <laughs> that sounds so good. Um, wonderful. Well, congratulations on all that you've achieved. Um, I can't wait to see where the road takes you. Um, yeah, I'd love your passion and your intention. Um, and yeah, just the beautiful family feeling and spirit that you bring to what you do. Thanks so much for sharing with us today, Alicia. Thank you so much for having me. And again, it's been an absolute honour. Like when I had
0: seen you come into my restaurant for the first time i was like oh my goodness like career highlight danny walking into my restaurant like honestly for what you have done to the food industry and you know what you've bought to different small businesses and stuff like that like it's an absolute
1: honor so thank you i appreciate all that you do <laughs> that's really kind of you thanks alicia thanks danny
0: this